welcome, Art. Pastor Shane, Brother Derek, I know you guys are watching. It's always a honor and a privilege um, to be used. Amen? Amen. Pastor Shane and I had lunch on Thursday. And um, Pastor Shane is a man of few words, but very impactful words. I mean, when we have lunch, um, my food goes cold because I'm engaged in our conversations. And we often talk about the mission of the church, the church mission, watching heart church grow and seeing what God is doing through his people. Amen. Because we're corporate. God has called his people together for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. And I remember we were talking and he said, our mission is to help people find life in Christ through the revival of the heart. That's heart's mission. My mission is to help people find life in Christ through the revival of the heart in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because everything stems from a love and a passion to serve. Heart Church does that well. I started looking and me and Pastor Shane was talking about, you know, bringing notes and preparing scriptures and, you know, trying to condense a week's worth of study into a 30-minute message. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And it takes a lot of dedication to the Word of God to, to prepare. I didn't have that kind of time because I work. Pastor Shane's a full-time pastor. But I have a word in my heart all the time. Amen. Amen. A daily devotion allows you to be prepared in season and out of season. Amen. Daily devotion allows you to get up every morning, walk the dog, talk with God, because the dog got to be walked. <laughs> talk to God and do a devotion. And somehow the Lord was speaking to me this week a lot over the last couple of weeks, actually. And Peter's name kept coming up. Peter, 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 Peter. And I thought about all the people in the Bible who, from the beginning, we all have a favorite character in the Bible. Amen? We all have someone in the Bible that we truly love. Back in the day, it was, you know, for me, it was King David. He was a fighter. He was a war. He was a king. You know, he, um, he had a son who I, who I loved, which was Solomon, who had all the wisdom. Had them 7,000 wives. <laughs> so I know he had a lot of gray hair. And as I, as I began to grow, I named my son, um, me and my wife named our, our oldest son, Joseph, who was a great story in the Bible, was a, a story of, of redemption, a story about a man who was falsely accused, but God had a great plan for him. Amen? And then I read King Jehoshaphat. And I was like, man, I like King Jehoshaphat. He was a praiser. So we named our oldest son, Joseph Jehoshaphat Little. But as I grew a little bit more in the, in the body of Christ, we named our other son Luke. Luke, I was going to name him Jocko. <laughs> and my wife was like, nah. And Jocko was one of my favorite bass players. She was like, nah. So we ended up naming 
our second son, Luke, I call him Dr. Luke to this day, Luke Nathaniel Little. And both of their names have a lot of significance to them. But my message that God has been speaking to my heart has been about Peter and the relationship that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, had with Peter. It was a relationship like no other. He had 12 disciples, but Peter seems to be the one that stick out the most. He was rambunctious. He was angry. He was a hardworking man. He was a fisherman. And Peter always had something to say about everything. Kind of reminds me of someone. <laughs> always got something to say <laughs> about something. <laughs> things, things I don't know about, I got something to say about it. But turn with me. I'm going to take you on a little journey. And I just want to speak to your hearts about Peter and about the relationship that we talk about a revival of the heart. I want to talk about Peter and how God has turned a fisherman, a ruffian, into one of the most profound and prolific apostles to this day. Amen? We talk a lot about Paul. Paul, 13 books in the Bible. Paul had a revelation. He was hit by the light. God began to speak to Paul. Paul began to write these letters to these churches. We stand on the writings in the New Testament of the writings of Paul the Apostle. But when it comes down to the heart of man and what God can do to redeem us, we have to look at Peter and the relationship that God and Peter had. Unlike any relationship in the world. And what I love most about Peter is Peter was always quick to defend. Peter was always quick to share a word. Peter was getting revelation that he didn't even know he was getting. And he would say the most profound things sometimes that would just be like, whoa, did you just say that? Jesus would defend Peter and say, hey, heaven and earth revealed that to you. Peter, you're not that smart to say anything like that. <laughs> but you're used. Amen? In chapter one, I'm going to be a little bit over the Bible, but I just want to talk to your hearts. But I have to look at the mission and how Peter came about to be the one man and show the redeeming power and the grace of God to restore a fallen man. We all need to be restored. Amen? Restoration is the most important thing for a fallen saint even for one who has yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? In chapter 1 of John, let me pray for us first. Father, we thank you for this time, for this moment. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak to the hearts of your children, Lord. Father, we thank you for this mission, Lord, that you've, you've came, you've died, you were buried for three days, Lord, and you resurrected. And now you sit at the right hand side of the father advocating for your children. And father, I thank you, father, for the fact that you never stop talking. You never stop revealing. But father, we ask you for your help today, father, to bring forth the word, the gospel, the good news to the heart that is weary, to the heart that is prideful, Lord. And that those who are lacking in encouragement today, father, that they may be built up under your Holy Spirit, Lord. 
that they may be able to walk out of here better than when they came in, Father. As the Baptist says, Father, may we decrease and may your word increase and do what it's set out to do. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 1. This is fun. John chapter 1. First, I'm going to start at verse 36. Amen. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said unto them, Who are you seeking? They said, You, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, the Master. Where do you dwell? He says to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now one of the two which heard John speak and follow him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Andrew is really responsible for the introduction of Peter meeting Jesus. My question to you is who have you introduced to Jesus? Amen? What brother, what sister, what friend have you say, hey, let me introduce you to someone. Pastor Shane just preached an awesome message about relationships, about marriage. I wish he still had the basket up here, but he don't because I wanted to use it. About expectations of when you first meet someone. <laughs> I have to laugh because my wife's expectations fall short. <laughs> she's, she's saying, no wedding, no house, you know, what's going on, bro? <laughs> but she's, uh, she's, she stayed the course. In every introduction, you never know what's going to happen. And I'm going to give you a little tidbit. I know she don't want to hear this today, but Sister Debbie, outside of my wife, Sister Debbie, who I am just honored and blessed that she's at Heart Church with us today. There was a time when things wasn't so good, and Sister Debbie came and put her hand around me, and she says, what can I do to help you? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Let's figure this out. How long ago was that? Yeah, that was in like 2013. I'll tell you exactly when it was. 2013. Prior to Sister Debbie, my wife had told me one day, she said, you know, I don't know what to do to help you, but I'm here. And sometimes just being present for someone is the big deal to revive their heart, to give them hope. Because I was almost falling hopeless. But I'm not sad today. And I came prepared today. Last, last time I preached, I was a little overwhelmed. But today is a day where I'm rejoicing in the spirit of God. I'm rejoicing because God is using us. He has restored unto us the things that were lost. He has given us a new hope, a new vision, a new purpose. He's given me a, another suit. <laughs> I got two suits. This is one of them. <laughs> I thank God that my wife and I are, are still together after 20 years. After all the things he's restored unto us, our marriage. And we just got through with the marriage series, and it was a beautiful thing. I hope she learned something. <laughs> I really hope she learned something throughout that, that message. In chapter 5 of Luke... There are some things going on. 
I have to preach out of the book of Luke a little bit because the book of Luke is a very, very, is very, very good. And I was thinking about when Jesus had called Peter and Peter was a fisherman and Peter's provision and ability to take care of his family was by what we do. Amen. So if we have a job to do and God calls us away from that job, I don't know because, because it's not written. Peter was married. Peter was a married man. We know that because he had a mother-in-law that Jesus healed. Jesus went and visited him. But Peter was married, and I often wonder if Jesus says, stop your occupation and follow me, then who's going to feed my family? How is my family going to be provided for if I stop doing what I know to do and follow you? How do I do that? How do I, how do I give up everything and follow you? Let's find out. And it came to pass in verse 5, I mean chapter 5 of verse 1, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would be thrust out from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draught. Simon, quick to speak, answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. And I got to give an account to my wife. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished in all that were with him at the draught of the fishes that they had taken. In my funny process, I believe this catch provided for Peter's family. Amen? I believe that Peter, Jesus knew, calling Peter, there was going to be a cost. And some things had to be left behind, but there had to be provision. Now, that's a reach. That, that's a reach in the, in the scriptures. But it was a lot of fish. But Peter said, once he saw a small miracle, Peter says, depart from me before I am a sinful man. I'm sinful. I am not worthy, Lord, for you to even be in my ship. It's a great responsibility when you're called, when Jesus calls you. We have to be ready to forsake everything. And Jesus will provide. Jesus will never call you to something and not give you provisions to provide for it. Never. He would never say, go do homeless ministry, go to the streets, and don't give you provisions to do it. My wife had a thing. I always talk about my wife. She said, we're not taking no more than two loaves of bread, 
that's it, and coffee. And rest assured, every time we went out, provisions were met. I said, get three loaves, get four loaves, let's get some donuts, get this. She said, nope, that's all Jesus had was two loaves. <laughs> and that leaves us a couple bucks in our pocket. Amen? Peter begins to walk with Jesus. He begins to talk with Jesus. Jesus begins to teach him things. Jesus was at the point now in their ministry where he's constantly teaching. He's constantly healing. He's constantly raising the dead. He's, he's cleansing the lepers. And there was a part in the Bible. I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit from the heart because I don't want to keep turning pages. Trust me, I read this. You can trust me today. <laughs> Peter went in to heal a girl. A daughter who who had died. And when Peter, when Jesus rolled up, he says, Peter, James and John, come with me. And he cleared out the room. He says, everybody depart. He takes Peter, James and John into the room. He grabs the girl by the hand and he raises her from the dead. But Peter was there to see that miracle. Peter was there to see the 10 lepers healed. Peter was there. Huh? Watch this. Peter was there when the man, right, when the man said, hey, help me. Peter was there. Peter saw everything that the master did. I asked a sister to put a scripture up there for me and something Jesus said. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. Do we not know that Peter healed a dead woman? That Peter cleared everybody out of the house and went into the room and healed her? Do we not know that Peter told the man at the gate, he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you freely, because freely it was given to me, so freely I give. Stand up and walk. Did he or did he not? Everything that he saw Jesus do, he did himself. Everything he saw. Greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus came for a purpose. He came to redeem mankind back to himself and back to the Father. He is our propitiation. He is our sacrifice. The animal sacrificial system cannot do what Jesus Christ came to do. Amen? The sacrificial system was only a type and shadow of things to come. When God was speaking to the children of Israel, he says, amongst you, amongst our children, I'm going to raise up one that's going to save all men from his sins. The Bible is not about dinosaurs. It's not about science. It's about redeeming mankind back to a holy father. And I've been looking for, 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 for pages and, and you know, we talk about the, um, the, the moon standing still. And I thought, man, how, God, how can you do that? The earth, the earth spins. It's not about the earth standing still. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's about re Jesus Christ redeeming man back to himself. Amen? It's about redemption. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 18, I'm going to start at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Say that the Son of Man am. 
And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom do you say that I am? My question to you is, who do you say Jesus is to you? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Or is he just someone we run to when we have a problem and try to pray our way through our situation? I remember one time I was looking for a parking spot. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I need to find a parking spot. I got, I got to hurry up. And then the parking spot pulled. I said, never mind, Jesus, I got this. <laughs> a spot opened up. I got a stimulus check yesterday, finally. And um, my wife's like, she said, hurry up and cash it before they take it back. <laughs> but who, because I've been praying about some things, some things that needs to happen in our family. But who do you say Jesus is? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now for someone who has got a charge and Jesus has spoke directly to him, this is the same man that's about to deny our Lord and Savior. He's going to deny Jesus. He's going to deny him three times. And in the process of denying him, he's going to weep. There was two people that Jesus had in his circle that was going to go on to deny who Jesus was. One was Judas, Judas Iscariot. The Bible tells us that he was born as a son of perdition, that he was born to portray our Lord and Savior. Amen? Judas betrays Jesus. Judas goes and hangs himself. Peter denies our Lord three times, and the Bible says that Peter goes and he weeps. Paul makes it very, very clear about the two, and which I love about the gospel, how they, how they are intertwined to each other. Paul goes on and says, godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to death. You have to have a heart of repentance. You have to have godly sorrow when you make mistakes. You have to know that there's an altar that God has prepared for us to come in and be redeemed for our shortcomings. I'm guilty of a lot of shortcomings. And I thank God that the grace of God has welcomed me, has given me open arms. I thank God that God has prepared people, a church, a minister in my life, a wife who's very, very forgiving, family, a pastor, friends who has accepted me and has given me open arms and have received me back. Amen? I'm going to speed along because there's a point I want to get to. And there's some things that I want to see about Peter. Because everybody has a Bible. Amen? And sometimes our heart draws heavy. And sometimes we need to find these examples um, in the scriptures to, to uplift us, to build us up. And I remember reading about what happened after Peter fell. And Peter looked at Jesus 
And Peter says, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to sift you. He wants to destroy you. He says, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed that your faith fails not. Jesus did not leave it there. He says, but after you fail, and I say this to anyone who's having a struggle, walking this walk, anyone who's struggling in anything, anything that's going on in anybody's life that, that they feel that they can't get through it, know that our Lord and Savior has prayed for us, that he sits in the throne room of heaven and he advocates for us day and night. Amen? He advocates for us because that's what he does. He's our advocate. He's our high priest. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He says, but after you fall, this is what I need you to do, Peter. And I say this to every man in this room. After you fall, go back, and once you're restored, you go and strengthen your brethren. You go and grab your brother, and you build him up. You encourage him. He who is holy and spiritual, build up the brother who is weak. That's what we're called to do. We're called to encourage each other because the day is coming when the second advent, let me, let me be clear about that. When Jesus returns, um, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. He's coming back. Peter goes on. He's restored. He's built up. I hope that's Jesus. He's, he's restored. <laughs> he's restored. Jesus goes back. The Messiah comes back. He's on the ocean. Peter goes back to what he knew, where he was comfortable with. He went back to fishing. Three and a half years of Peter's life, getting taught, speaking, speaking madly at, 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 at some of the things that, um, you know, Jesus had to rebuke Peter because Jesus was trying to tell them, it's like something is about to happen. I'm about to die. I'm about to go to Jerusalem, and they're going to crucify the Son of Man. And Peter was like, God forbid that that would happen to you. And Jesus takes Peter, right, and he rebukes him. He says, get ye behind me, Satan. Now, he didn't call Peter Satan, but he says, Peter, you're influenced by the enemy. This is why I came. I came to die. I came, I came to save man from his sins. Amen? I came for a purpose. And Peter, what you're saying does not line up with the purpose of God. So he rebukes Peter. Later on, when Peter's restored, he gets back. He tells him, he says, Peter, I need you to go and tarry in Jerusalem. And I need you to wait on something. Quick story. While they were waiting, two great events happened in the church. First was the giving of the Ten Commandments. And we know who give, gave the Ten Commandments was Moses. The second greatest thing that ever happened to where we stand today was the coming of Pentecost, was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And there was a time when Jesus was walking with the disciples. He says, hey, he breathed on them. He says, receive ye the Spirit. Receive this. And then the Bible says that Jesus opened up their understanding, opened up their mind so they might be able to understand all the things that was written about him beforehand. All the things that Jesus has spoke to them, all the knowledge that they have, they were still cowering behind a door when Jesus was crucified. They go to Jerusalem. He says, I need you to go there and tarry and I need you to wait. 
Here comes the baptism of the Holy Spirit through fire of tongues. The same event that took place with the Ten Commandments is the same event that took place with Pentecost. It was the two greatest events that ever happened in the church, ever. What happens with that? Peter becomes bold. Now you have knowledge. Now you have a boldness. Now you can go out and profess the gospel. I still get nervous speaking. But now I know through the power of the Holy Spirit that I can go forth and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel is simple. Me and Fernando talked about this just like in the Marine Corps. Every Marine is trained as a rifleman. Do you get another job? Yes. Do you get to be an office? Do you get to be a pilot? But every Marine is trained with an M16 or whatever new weapon they have. I was in the court a long, long time ago. <laughs> whatever the weapon is for this day. How much more so should we be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? Amen? The gospel. The God's only son preaches everlasting life. The good news of the coming of the Messiah who has come to redeem man from his sins. Amen? In the process of that, Peter preaches that day in boldness to 3,000 souls were saved that day. 3,000. And that was only the beginning of Peter's mission. Peter was the one who allowed, even before even civil rights movement, Peter was the one who first proclaimed the gospel to the Gentiles. Cornelius gets a vision. The angel of the Lord says, Cornelius, I thank you for your arms. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. Now go ask for Peter. Peter comes and he preaches the gospel. But before Peter goes and preaches the gospel, God prepared Peter's heart to go and give him the knowledge that he needs. God gives Peter a vision. He says, man, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. All these unclean animals. Peter says, Lord, again, <laughs> Peter is fighting with God. Lord, I've never put anything unclean or common in my mouth. What does Jesus say to Peter? He says, don't call anything that I have cleansed unclean. Don't call anything that I've cleansed unclean. Get up and go. For Peter to cross over the threshold into a Gentile's house was an abomination to a Jew. How many more times us as people, when we don't want to cross the threshold because the color of someone's skin or because the person don't look right or because the person don't smell right. We refuse to cross over the threshold to go out and reach to a person that says, you know what? You don't look like me, so I'm not going to talk to you. You don't talk like me. You don't dress like me. You don't act like me. But God is causing us to get out of our comfort zone and to go out there and reach the lost. There is a lost world out there that's on its way to hell. And we are the church and we are the people who are going to give them the knowledge of who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. He's a loving God. He's a loving God. He's a God who loves us. He's a God who has redeemed us. He saved us from our sins. But when people say, my God is good, I say, don't be selfish. <laughs> don't be selfish about your God. He's our God. But it depends on who your God is. Depends on who your Lord is. Depends on who your Savior is. Amen? God is good to us. What I love... And I'm going I'm to end with this. There's a story about Peter. <laughs> he chops off this man's ear, right? 
And I love this. Peter's like, come on, let's get it up. And he chops off Malchus's ear. And Jesus has to step in. He says, hey, Peter, put your sword away. Peter would have chopped up everybody in the, in the garden if God would have just let him loose or he would have been killed. And the reason why Peter wasn't killed, I believe this. I like to look into scripture um, because Jesus had a plan for Peter. And he has a plan for you. And he has a plan for me. And he plan, has plans for you. I'm dying to see what happens with this outdoor ministry, our outreach. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see it. I'm dying to see the people because there's one person out there that's going to receive something from Heart Church or receive it from God, us being the conduit. And they're going to come and they're going to do great things for the kingdom. It's that one. It's that one. Who is that one? I want to leave you with this. In John chapter 17, in John chapter 17, Jesus begins to talk to his father. And he's talking to his father about some very, very important things. Jesus liked to push himself away and pray. And when he prays, he prays fervently and he, pray, and he prays with purpose. I believe when Jesus, before he chose the 12 disciples, the Bible says Jesus was up on the hill praying for 12 hours. And what was he praying for? The scriptures are not clear. But somehow through that 12, Peter was chosen in that prayer. Peter was the first disciple that God chose. And he was the last disciple that God spoke to. Amen. In chapter 17, I just want to talk to you a little bit about faith. And I want to stay on the message about redeeming our brothers. In chapter 17, which is actually the, the prayer, not the model prayer in, John, in Matthew chapter 6, but the prayer when Jesus prays first for himself, then he begins to pray for his apostles. He says, I have glorified you. I'm going to start at verse 4. He says, I have glorified you with my own glory, which I had with you before the world was. Let us know that he was with God from the very beginning. He said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou hast given me. No man comes to the Father unless they're sent by God. Amen? Out of the world, they are mine, and they giveth me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are yours. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from you. And they have believed that, that you sent me. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which has you given me, for they are mine. And all that are mine, and all that are mine, I am glorified in them. One of the biggest reasons why we are saved is to glorify God, is to give God glory. Amen. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep them through thy own name, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that, you, that you have given me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them.
I have given them thy word, and the word have hated them because I have given you, given them thy word. Jesus prays for the apostles. Later on in his prayer, Jesus prays for us. I'm going to end with this. We know that we have a praying Savior who's praying for us. And we know that God has given each one of us a measure of faith. Amen? What do we do with the measure of faith that God has given us? We build on it. But let me just say this, and this, this is a revelation that I had. Because I've been prayed for, because you have been prayed for, when we believe God for something, expect it. Because you've been prayed for. God is redeeming man back to himself. Our mission at Heart Church is to make room. We've, we've made room in our church. I think we're going to have to make out, knock out another wall pretty soon. We've made room in our children's ministry. And more importantly, we're starting to make room in our hearts because I see lives being transformed in the midst of this, this congregation. And it's, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor for me to be here, to share. I pray that God spoke to your heart today. I don't want to keep you much longer, but this is what's been on my heart. Peter tells us in chapter 5, um, in 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, cast your cares upon me because God cares for you. And our brethren, we need to strengthen our brethren. If you know a wayward brother or if you know a brother who's yet to receive Christ, reach out to him. Reach out to him. Love on him. The life groups, well, Brother Ed was talking about the wolf pack the other day, and, and I kind of like it. I like being part of something that's um, positive. I like to be in part of something that's building. I like being part of something where I can walk away encouraged to go out and fulfill my week because we get tired, especially when you work for Derek. It's, um, it's you know, he's a, he's a hard boss, but it's, it's an honor to work for a Christian boss, you know, because I know he has my best interest at hand. Amen. And thank you for letting me share the good news. 1038, I think I'm six minutes ahead of time. <laughs> But God is good. Brother Adam, you can come and pray us out. Thank you. We love Lamont. What a good friend. Humble, just honest. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lord, we just thank you uh, for what you're doing in this church. Uh, what Lamont shared today just completely bears witness with what you're doing. We are making room. We, we have heard your voice say, make room. We have made room. Lord, in, the, in, this, in this space, we have made room in our relationships and we make room in, um, in our hearts, Father. And we take the risk and we say, we'll, we'll follow you. We'll go wherever you go. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.